0: Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit angie.com that's a n g i . c o m
1: We took it all we brought them to our land An endless night ember hot and icy cold The rage of the earth we made this curse carved it in the blood on our backs we did not see We could not, but she did. And in the end...
0: What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now
1: with Game Pass. G'day mates, it's Beebuster here. And before the episode begins, I would just like to let you know that Be Scared, which is produced along with Studio 71, features scary stories from around the globe on a weekly basis that aim to fuel your nightmares with a smile. And if you enjoy the podcast, it would be great if you could hit that subscribe button and drop a review. Thanks for listening, guys, and without further ado, let's begin. One summer night when I, a female, was around five years old... My sister, eight and female at the time, and I awoke to hear through our open bedroom window my parents yelling loudly on the back patio. This was not a common occurrence and they did fight and it was not typically anywhere that there was a chance of us hearing though but this sort of thing did happen from time to time and although the situation was mildly unusual we just kind of shrugged it off, shut the window and went back to sleep. We promptly forgot about the ordeal and it wasn't until years later that we learned the truth about the yelling. So as a near adult I overheard my mother explaining the situation to a family member in another room. I am a little fuzzy on the details as this still occurred long ago but this was the gist of it. So apparently at some point that night after my sister and I went to bed my parents received an unusual phone call from someone using an electric interpreter the same type of technology a person who was deaf might use to make calls and communicate over the phone. I'm unsure how this technology works exactly, so please excuse my lack of knowledge on this topic. Understandably, my parents were a little bit surprised because, well, we didn't know anyone who would use this service to contact us, but either way, they accepted the call. I'm not sure how the person on the other line introduced themselves or if they even did at all, but they knew the full names of everyone in my family which was immediately very creepy and kind of alarming. The conversation began to escalate as the person on the other end of the phone very specifically explained what our house looked like and told my parents that they were hiding somewhere in our backyard, which was a large, dark and full of all kinds of plants and trees that made it hard to clearly see. There were obviously too many places to look and at this point, the tormentor made it clear that they had intentions of entering a home and dismembering my sister and I. At this point understandably they were beginning to become frantic but there was a chance that nobody was out there and this was just some kind of cruel joke but that notion was not worth the risk of believing. My dad asked if they were really where they said they were and what were my parents doing at that very moment, what were they wearing and just stuff like that. This infection of a human on the other end of the line explained exactly what my father was doing which was waving his middle finger in the air, and exactly what they were wearing. Certain things on her patio were placed, and the expression on my mum's face, and every detail. My dad, a rough guy with a heart of gold, charged into the night, ready to kill any person that he encountered. Neither of my parents had cell phones, I don't think they were even a thing at this time, so my mum took the phone, which had finally been put down by my dad, and just called the cops. And as brave or potentially as stupid, depending how you see it, as my dad was for venturing into the dark that night, he found nothing and when the cops showed up soon after, they found nothing too. The police were not able to trace the call either because of the electronic interpreter, which they said was a common device used by people trying to anonymously harass others over the phone. Nothing ever really came of this incident and as I said, I was not told about it until at least a decade after it happened. Was this the work of a former friend or enemy trying to play some kind of cruel joke? Was there an actual murderer in our backyard? I guess we will never know. A few years ago when I was 11, a girl, and my brother was 6, a new person started being seen in the neighbourhood. I know in most places that that's not really a big deal but we live in a really small town. Everyone knows everyone else and all the kids just kind of play together even though we're all different age groups. No one had ever seen this guy before and he was probably around 40 I'd say. had long ratty hair and a scruffy face and an old dirty jacket. Nothing weird happened but it was just strange that no one had seen him before. A few weeks went by, and at least once every other day, me and my friends would see him somewhere just walking around the neighbourhood while we rode our bikes or played tag up and down the streets. But, still, nothing strange really happened. But then, one day, me and my brother and two of the older boys in the neighbourhood, three and fourteen, were walking down the train tracks in the woods that stretch behind all of our houses. And we thought that we could hear walking behind us, but... Everyone goes there to walk their dogs so we didn't really care too much or think anything of it. The footsteps kept getting louder and faster though until finally the oldest boy turned around and saw the guy jogging in our direction. He told us to run down the path and towards his backyard and tried to talk to the guy. The guy just kept jogging and didn't say anything. We all ran to the boy's house and told his parents and they called the cops and shortly after two police came and talked to us and searched around the tracks. They said that they couldn't find anyone but could see some footprints that looked like an adult's that had been running in the other direction away from the houses. They said that we did the right thing and if anything weird happens to tell the adults and call again. A week or so went by and we didn't see him again until one day me and my brother were playing in the backyard and I heard something in the woods. I looked over and I could see the guy in the bushes just watching us. I screamed and my stepdad came outside and the guy was gone. My stepdad called the police and they came and pretty much said the same thing as before. A few more days go by and no one sees him. One afternoon though, my stepdad took me and my brother into the woods to go play on a big rope swing that's been there just forever. The rope swing is in the woods and it's on the opposite side of the tracks from where our house is and we were playing there for a while and we heard footsteps walking down the tracks. They stopped close to the path to the rope swing and then we heard rustling in the bushes. At this point, my stepdad grabbed me, told me very calmly and quietly to take my brother and go down a different path that led to the next street, run to the store that was close by and wait there for him. I took my brother and made him walk in front of me and just before we turned around a bend, I looked back just in time to see my stepdad walking towards the noise. He pulled something out of his jacket and gave it a flick. It was a big collapsible metal billy club sort of thing and he kept walking and we just ran to the store at this point. We went inside and I got some ice cream from my brother and told Linda, the lady who worked there, what happened. She told us to go and sit down and made a phone call and I thought that she called the police but now I'm not so sure, thinking back on it. I think she called my stepdad to be honest and she talked for a few seconds and then she just hung up. She looked worried but relieved at the same time and she told us to just stay there and that everything was going to be okay. About an hour later my stepdad came into the store, he hugged us, talked to Linda quietly and then he just took us home. Obviously I asked him what happened but all he said was that it's all good, everything's fine now and... No one ever saw that guy again.
0: Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.
1: This is my experience from a long time ago, back when I was in high school, about 19 years ago. English is my third language too, so I'm sorry if I uh, mess up anywhere. So we just moved into a new home. Lots of stuff and a buttload of furniture was just scattered around the house everywhere. But we managed to arrange my parents' room, the kitchen area and most of the guest hall and the dining room too by midnight. My parents were exhausted so they immediately just went to sleep and I went to my room and found out that it was in no shape whatsoever to even sit comfortably anywhere let alone sleep but I managed to organize a few boxes by closing the door and put a mattress on them. Before I could go to sleep though, I heard a cat meowing from behind me. I turned and I saw a black cat just gently sitting in the middle of the room under the moonlight and constantly meowing. I went towards the cat and it sat there for a few more seconds before just walking into the shadows. I turned on the light and it just wasn't there anymore. I searched and searched and there was just no sign of it. The windows were closed and locked and in search of that cat I made a mess of my stuff and I was in no shape to rearrange them so I took the mattress and went outside into the hallway. I turned off the lights and laid on the mattress getting ready for some much needed sleep when suddenly I heard footsteps coming from behind me. I thought that my father or my mother probably woke up because of the commotion that I made earlier. The lights were out and they had no idea that I was sleeping in the middle of the corridor, so I instantly sat up to warn them of my position. And as soon as I turned towards the sound, someone jumped on me. The thing felt like a small girl or kind of like a midget female with long hair but with really leathery and hard skin. She was pushing with all she had to get onto my torso using her knees and I strangled her hardened neck in return. And I know that this is going to sound strange, but it felt like I was choking a a polished or varnished small stone column rather than a neck. Another problem too was her weight. She felt like she was just made out of stone or something. I could barely move and the worst thing though was her limbs seemed like they didn't have any kind of fingers on them. Like the hands were all amputated from the wrist and she was trying to push my arms away from her neck. At that point, though, I just didn't care. I was really angry and I thought it was an intruder, and as I struggled to push that thing away, I stared into its face and couldn't make out any features. The thing was just totally black. I wrestled with it for around 20 seconds before I managed to toss it into a small table below me. I went for the light and turned it on and it was gone. But the table had been turned over from the impact and my parents rushed to see what had happened. We even called our neighbours and searched in and around the house for half an hour and, well, you probably guessed it by now, but we couldn't find anything. We called the cops and filed a report, but that was about it. Nothing ever happened. That is, until several years later when I went abroad for my graduate studies. So I was living with an undergraduate roommate at the time, a funny guy, kind and he had a good spirit however one night his scream just woke me up out of nowhere he was in the process of running into the kitchen and I instinctively jumped up and ran after him his face was priceless and I wish that I had filmed it but when I asked him what the hell was wrong he told me that as soon as he laid down on his bed he saw a little girl sitting on my back while I was sleeping and as soon as she glanced at him she made a long jump towards his bed like a frog and then he screamed and just ran away Another year had passed, and I just moved into my new girlfriend's house, and on the second night, she screamed, and I instantly jumped out of bed and went for the tennis racket that was beside our bed. I turned on the lights and checked the room and asked her what happened, and she said that there was someone near the doorframe. I ran and checked every nook and cranny around her house, but I couldn't find anything. No entry, no traces of anything unusual, and when I questioned her about what she saw, she answered there was a little girl staring at her. Now, I've got to ask if any of this is even related, or if it's all just a a complete coincidence. All I know, though, is that whatever I encountered all those years ago, it was real. Apartments.com believes that a dishwasher does more than just clean plates. It turns your whole place into a time machine, by turning the time that you would have spent washing dishes into extra time for you. That could mean more time to read, more time to knit, or more time to contemplate the vastness of time itself. With Apartments.com, finding somewhere to live with an elusive dishwashing slash time-expanding device is easy. Apartments.com hosts the most rental listings with over one million available units, and with comprehensive search tools and instant alerts, You never have to worry about missing out on the perfect place. To find whatever you're searching for and more, visit Apartments.com, the place to find a place. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I
0: become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2.
1: Play it now with Game Pass. My apologies if this is a little bit long, but I've just never shared my stories with many people, and I actually think that this will be a great way to share it with people that may be able to relate. So, my partner and I moved into our first apartment together in Pasadena, CA, but the unit was in this old home that was in a beautiful historic part of Pasadena. Our unit was on the third level of the house, essentially being the huge converted attic. The apartment was beautiful and had lots of space. It did have a sort of odd energy from the very beginning, but my partner did not believe in anything supernatural or paranormal, so he would always joke around when I made comments about a space feeling heavy or intense. But after a few weeks, things started to happen in our apartment. It all started with the doors. They would move back and forth or just slam shut. I would make comments to my partner, but he said it was probably just the wind, as we had two balconies with lots of air circulation. But I also noticed that our cats were just never inside. I have two cats and they're more like dogs to be honest. They're always around me and cuddle up and everything and they usually go outside for one to three hours a day. In this apartment, they would be gone all day though and sometimes they just wouldn't even come back at night. I was trying to be chill about everything because nothing dramatic had occurred yet but one day I just left the apartment and my partner was inside alone and he called me and was really scared over the phone. He told me that he saw a man wearing all black walk through the apartment and into our bedroom. He ran into the bedroom and said that he saw the man walk into the balcony and just fade away. He was begging me to come home at this point and when I got back he was trying to rationalize something that wasn't just possible to him. I told him some stories of my past and some encounters that I had with the paranormal and he calmed down and we eventually went to sleep. But this was just the beginning of absolute hell. So, I started hearing something walk and run up and down the stairs. It would always happen throughout the night and started every night at around 2am. I started to lose so much sleep because I would constantly open our bedroom door to check and nothing was there. My partner was a deep sleeper so he didn't hear anything. Now, I don't think I've ever seen an apparition but I could sense someone standing right next to me as I slept, I swear. And I know that this may sound weird but... It would talk to me in my sleep, it would tell me to kill myself and other really awful things. I would often wake up and hear whispers like right in my ear and, and the rate of the speech was just so rapid and intense that it would always scare me. My boyfriend was starting to act very detached as well and he also started drinking daily. We used to have wine night once a week and go out with friends occasionally but we didn't drink much. I would see him taking shots and hiding vodka and soda and just everything. I didn't question him though because, well, I I thought that he was just stressed but one morning we woke up and I noticed he had scratches just all over his back and on his legs. I freaked out and told him to look in the mirror and he was really scared and said that he didn't know where they were from. The scratches continued for weeks and bite marks started to form as well and my boyfriend also saw the man in black again one night and after that he was no longer a skeptic. He fully believed that something was in our home. I, being stupid though, started talking to this energy when I was alone. I would ask her to just please leave us alone and I would sage our home too. Everything just got much worse after that as well and at night our living room TV would just randomly turn on and the volume would always be at the max. But We would both jump out of bed panicked and turn the TV off but one day I was watching TV with my cat next to me and I heard footsteps coming up the stairs. I thought it was my partner at first, but the steps continued towards me and I couldn't see anyone and I started to get a little bit scared, when suddenly my cat was thrown across the room. My cat screeched and ran off and I felt cornered and was really scared. I wear black crystals and I remember at the time just holding onto it for protection. Through all this pain though, I reached out to a local psychic medium that had experience with home cleansers. I met him in person and he told me something was with me. I was like, please don't scare me. I I just can't handle any more of this weird stuff. And he said, no, there is something with you that isn't human. He told me that he would need to go to my home ASAP. He came a few days later and he said that the entity was there again and he spoke with me in private. He told me that this entity was attaching itself to my partner and that he needed to do this bathe cleanse for my partner. I've never told my partner this because he was truly freaked out already but the medium walked around the apartment and said that there were multiple energies in this home. He said that me talking to them and using sage can sometimes invite others and even worse things into the home. He used some other type of stuff to cleanse the home and we then made this bath for my partner and he was to sit in the bath with all the lights out for 30 minutes and not get out. I told him that I would do it another day for myself as I didn't want to alarm him and he did the bath and things were actually cool for a few weeks. But eventually everything just started up again. I remember being at a wedding with a friend and my partner called me on the phone just hysterical and he said that some of the dishes in our kitchen just started falling to the ground and that he was really scared. I left the wedding early to be with him and that night was the night that we decided to break our lease and just get the hell out of there. In two weeks we had a new apartment and paid a lot of money to get out of our lease. The landlord worked with us and she also provided me with the information of the previous tenants. I told her the honest truth and she uh, didn't believe me though. I actually talked to the previous tenants on the phone as well and they were also a young couple and the girl shared that she too would often hear the footsteps, see the door slam and would always feel just on edge. However, it didn't escalate for them and they lived there for about 16 months and it was so comforting to actually receive some validation that I just kind of sighed in relief. A crazy side note too is the first day in our new apartment, a pipe busted and it was shooting water just on everything. It happened at 3am and we were really scared that something followed us. After the pipe though nothing ever happened again but we were still haunted by those memories and my partner never questions my intuition now and he even asks me how do you feel in this space which is kind of funny to be honest. He's actually like a a real believer now in fact. Now so many other things happen in that place like my boyfriend seeing a kid in the bathroom, flickering lights, intense cold spots and the constant feeling that something is just standing right next to you and I'm honestly happy to just finally share this story. I have told a few friends, and all but one do not believe me. One even laughed while I was telling her, and I just stopped telling the story to people because, well, I felt like I was inviting negative energy back, and people just never believed me. So, if you've listened this long, thank you for actually hearing me out. Oh, and uh, as for the kids. This is honestly the scariest thing that he ever experienced. I didn't give it as much attention as I probably should have, but the bathroom was just a a creepy place in the house. But when you would go in there, the lights would just randomly flicker, and I always let that go because the lights can easily be explained, right? And it may have just been an electrical thing. Who knows? But the door to the bathroom was right at the top of the staircase landing, and when you walk into the bathroom, there's this huge mirror This means that when you look in the mirror, you can see the stairs behind you. Now, I always close the door because, well, I'm a chicken, but my boyfriend would often leave it open to just brush his teeth or do his hair and whatnot. Now, one day, we were getting ready to go out at night and I heard my boyfriend yelling my name. I went to him and he said, oh my gosh, I just saw this kid smiling at me in the mirror. I was like, I believe you, but it's gone now. Are you okay? And he said, let me show you and he walked down the staircase and the stairs had this kind of bend in it where you would turn and he said the kid was leaning over the curve and just smiling at me. He was shaking and really scared and he was like, I don't want to see them anymore and we ended up leaving to see friends after that. That was the first night too that I told my friend Jennifer about it. It helped us a lot to talk to a friend and she's my only friend that actually believes us. Jennifer's always been awesome and it's always made my partner feel more supported to have her. And these days, I'm legit not allowed to bring up the kid's story to him and I sometimes wonder if he saw more and just never told me. So, before I begin, please note that this was really hard to write and at many times sharing this I just had overwhelming flashbacks so please forgive me if it sounds a little bit jumbled and I tried my best to do it all right and edit it correctly. So for context, my dad grew up with this man named Bruce and considered him one of his best friends. Bruce was diagnosed with bipolar disorder in his late teens and my dad, being the kind and caring soul that he is, stepped in to be his guardian. I say that lightly though, I mean, he's always helped out when Bruce was going through an episode as M's parents were MIA. Growing up, Bruce was always around and I saw him as another father figure in my life. He lived in a small town two hours from my city where we also had a holiday home so he was constantly coming up to stay at ours, and he was kind and calm and patient and also an amazing artist. Almost yearly though, Bruce went through phases of refusing to take his medication This then triggered an intense manic episode, some of which I've witnessed and they're frightening to see for a young child who only knew this person as quiet and calm. He would do things and say things far beyond his control and couldn't quite grasp reality. And that's unfortunately where it begins. I was 12 when this happened so it was around 10 years ago but it still feels so fresh in my mind. So Every summer, my family and I would take a trip down to our beach house, Bruce's town. Our little house was a one-room unit where us kids would usually sleep in the lounge but for Christmas, my parents brought a massive three-person tent for us to sleep in in the front lawn. So, while my parents slept in the house, we got the tent. A week before my dad had to drive back up for work, he got a strange call from Bruce. Although at the time I didn't know what it was about I could see the concerned look on my dad's face as he told Bruce no I won't do that. After further arguing my dad hung up and murmured to my mum about something. I'll sort something out my dad said and then he left. I asked what was wrong because my mum's expression turned into worry. She shrugged it off though and told me not to worry and that that was that. Later that night, I heard from my mum talking to my auntie that Bruce is refusing to take his medication unless my dad withdraws money. From what I know, my dad is in charge of Bruce's finances and his bank account because Bruce has a meth problem or something. Bruce has a son who's trying to stay clean from it and after Bruce tried and failed to get his son to buy him some meth, he turned to my dad who also refused. I totally get it, he's an adult and can make his own choices but my dad didn't want to enable his drug problem, right? My dad stepped in to be a guardian of Bruce so that was his job. And this is where everything goes sour. Bruce started threatening to stop taking his medication ever again and that he hadn't been for weeks. He then started threatening to harm my brothers and me. He said to my parents, they trust me, it would be easy. My mum freaks out and tells him that she's calling the police on him. The police arrived at his house to see that the whole property was empty. He had fled and was hiding somewhere which made everyone really uneasy. Nothing really happened in the next coming weeks and it was time for my dad to drive back up to the city for work. Mum felt okay staying down with us and of course the three kids were just oblivious to all the commotion that was going on and so we were too. Everything is good for the first few nights with dad gone and then it starts going downhill pretty quickly. So it's around 3.30am, my brothers and I are sound asleep in the tent, my mum is in the house, she too is fast asleep when she wakes up to a bombing of texts from Bruce. They're all blank but since this is the first time hearing from Bruce since he threatened her kids, my mum is wide awake in full-blown panic mode. Bruce then rings her and as she answers... He doesn't reply, and instead he just breathes heavily on the phone for 10 seconds before hanging up. The second time is the same. Mum asks where he is, but is hung up on. He rings the third time saying, back deck, before just hanging up. My mum hears a loud bang from the back of the house and quickly calls the police. The only way to the back is going through the front lawn where my brothers and I were sleeping, and I don't remember much except being shaken awake by my dad's best friend who my mum called in tears and coming into the house to see three police officers standing around. My brothers and I were wide awake now because we were curious as everything was going on in the house. And then this happened. My dad came back down for us with the news that Bruce's son had come up to him in the city to apologize and confess that he was told to come to murder our whole family in exchange for a large sum of money. My dad was in shock and rushed back down and Bruce was back in hiding again. My mum let everyone who knew him and was close to him know what happened and if he did come to them that they were to let the police know who will immediately detain him as he was considered dangerous and mentally unstable. The most terrible thing about this whole situation though was that one of her supposed best friends who knew him let him stay at hers instead of calling authorities. On a side note too, they have only started talking again recently after mum forgave her. But as the summer starts to wind down, we return to the city to find a few terrifying things. My mum and dad come home to one of their bathroom windows smashed and dirty footprints just everywhere. But For some reason, nothing out of the ordinary had happened until my older brother, an avid cockatiel lover, went out to check out our aviary birds and find that they were all missing. Not one of them was in there and we assumed that they must have escaped and flown away until dad got a nasty surprise opening our barbecue to see all 10 of them had been cooked alive. My parents can't prove it was him but after all that had happened in regard to Bruce, it probably was, especially after finding out what mum's friend did. To make matters worse though, our neighbour heard and saw what was going on when we were broken into but didn't bother to ring the police or even let us know and my parents were pissed. She made some sort of awful excuse about being home alone and never having witnessed something like this but it was pretty petty. Anyway, the whole situation was just terribly frightening and I've spent my whole life just trying to move on from it. The story happened seven years ago, but it feels like it was just yesterday. The July 20th of 2012 was when it happened. It started out as a pretty normal day if I'm being honest. I was a patient tech at a dialysis clinic in rural Alabama and up way early to open the clinic. First thing I saw after shutting off my alarm at 245 AM was a text message from my cousin Taylor, who lives in CO, but not Aurora, saying You're going to see the news about a shooting in CO, but Meg and I are safe. Naturally I flip on the TV, soaking up the horror while throwing on my scrubs and getting angry at mankind. Great start to a Friday, right? Well, I pull up to my clinic and notice that the nurse that opens with me isn't there yet. No biggie though because I'm a little early so I grab my bag and I head in to get started. I finish up my prep work in the water room. You have to do all sorts of testing on the water used in dialysis patients and I go out on the treatment floor and no nurse still. The clinical manager walks in about that time and says where's the nurse? To which I replied I have no idea. I'll call her. After trying her house and cell without getting an answer I'm getting a little pee. This particular nurse was picking up night shifts at the nursing home and just had a bad habit of oversleeping. My CM says why don't you drive by her place which was one street over from the clinic and check to see if she's even there. Now before anyone says why didn't she go let me explain something. It was almost time for the patients to come in but a nurse has to be in the building in order to even let them in the lobby My CM was a nurse and could at least let everyone in while we figured out what nurse's deal was. Anyway, I agree to ride because it's literally a stone's throw away and because I saw her car was there and I was going to lay on the horn until she just got up. I pull up to her house and she's there so I deploy my I'm honking mad tactic until she pokes her head out of the door apologizing and swearing that she'll be at the clinic in five minutes. Cool. So I head back to the clinic, park in the still empty parking lot and start to get out of my car. In the time that it took me to open my door and stand up and turn around, there's this guy right inside my door blocking my way going, where's your bag? And I'm honestly so confused. I thought he was a patient's spouse or son or friend initially and I say, it's inside, why? I started to move forward and quickly realized though that there's a knife poking me in the chest. We never worry about thieves or druggies because well our clinic has no narcotics and nothing to steal unless you're into 10 inch TVs that might or might not have gotten puked or bled on or something. I know only a second or two went by but it felt like eons and I remember my ears started drinking and my dad's voice saying if you get cornered by someone scream obscenities to shock them. I don't know he was probably just being sarcastic but then hit him as hard as you can and then run. My chest just felt like it was on fire. I mean, why me and why today? Why'd that guy shoot up a theater and what's wrong with people? Next thing I know, I'm screaming obscenities and I slammed my right hand under his knife while swinging a wild uppercut with my left wrist. And I hit him right in the kisser and he drops the knife and immediately starts backpedaling. I'm yelling after him and he's grabbing his face while breaking into a run and I watch him dash out the back of the lot and it hits me. The adrenaline rush was over now and I'm beating on the clinic door because my hands are shaking too bad to get my key in the lock. CM lets me in and right before the door shuts I see the nurse pull up and I'm kind of yelling what happened. Ears are still ringing and CM is freaking out and calling 911. Then I look at my hands, my right palm is cut and the three knuckles on my left are split. The nurse is inside now and I'm trying not to throttle her and I know it wasn't exactly her fault but I'm just going to blame it on the nerves. Cops show up, get the rundown, and insist on taking me to the ER because A. I might need stitches and B. I'm not hysterical so they think I'm in shock. I didn't need stitches, I just got some sort of medical superglue, but I had to get a tetanus shot because, to quote the doc, the human mouth is a cesspit of bacteria and filth. Awesome. Very uplifting, right? Now, for some actual uplifting information though, I had given a pretty decent description of the dude and because I'd landed a decent blow to the face, the officers thought that it wouldn't be hard to find him. And guess what? They didn't have to look. An officer was sitting in the parking lot of the clinic when he sees a guy matching the description walking through looking under cars. The cop is not in an unmarked squad car and thinks, surely no one is that dumb. But, lo and behold, when he gets closer, the guy has a busted upper lip. And apparently, this guy was trying to find the knife that he dropped and maybe a Darwin Award or something. Officer Friendly brings him in for questioning and it turns out this upstanding fellow has been in and out of prison quite a bit. He admits to everything well except that a a 5'4 150 pound lady got the drop on him and pleads guilty. He was actually given a heavy sentence because of his lengthy criminal history and you know the poorly attempted armed robbery and all. I don't remember when he'll be getting out, but I really hope that I never see that guy again. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Be Scared podcast. And please, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode too. Also, it would be much appreciated if you could share this new podcast with your friends and family, and on social media too. Thanks again for listening guys, and I'll see you mates